Before we get to episode 198, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Believe You Can 2022, the talent show for blind and visually impaired performers hosted by the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Believe You Can 2022 is presented by Dancing Dots, the creator of Good Feel, the world's first commercial Braille music translator software. Go to believeyoucan.live slash tickets. You can purchase tickets for $10 for an individual ticket or $25 for a watch party ticket. If you're busy that night and can't attend, you can also make a donation on that page. Again, that's believeyoucan.live slash tickets. I really do appreciate any support you can give us. Thank you so much. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 198 of I Can't See You. My name is David at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode of I Can't See You. And that means there's only two more episodes before we get to 200. And I'm just going to play some clips. That's all. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do. Uh, I may have some other fun announcements that I've started to do some things on. But please don't hold your breath because I don't know that they're going to come through. And with everything going on with Believe You Can, I don't know that I'm going to have time to really continue to push forward and follow through with them. As usual, though, I do have a few things to talk to you about today. And I'm going to lead off as I do during football season with a fantasy football update. And it is a very happy update this week because I didn't lose both games against Brian. I didn't lose one game against Brian. I beat Brian twice. In fact, he sent me an email and he called me a bully. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. In the blind league, I'm second and second overall. There's only one division there. It's only one group of 12 teams. In the Frenemies League, it's the blind division. And then there's the Yahoo division. I don't know if that's what they called it, the Yahoo division. They don't call it the sighted division. I don't know why that would make sense too. Uh, but I am second in the blind division and I am fourth overall in the Frenemies League. And I guess that will play into it when it comes time for playoffs, depending on uh, what your overall mark is. I'm not quite sure. I didn't look <laughs> at how the playoffs are structured. Um, I, I don't, I, I gotta be honest with you, even though there's money involved in that league and it's not a lot, it was 50 bucks. Uh, I would much rather win the blind league. Uh, even though um, Colin claims that there's jelly beans also involved in, <laughs> in the uh, in the Frenemies League, and I love jelly beans, especially those Starburst Jumbo jelly beans, delicious. So there are a couple of other things, <laughs> and one of them is that I am shocked that people do listen. And there's been a couple of incidents over the last few weeks where people have emailed or talked to us as far as episodes of White Canes Connect go. And it always makes me feel good. And Lisa and I were talking about this uh, last week or week before, how great it makes us feel when we connect with people like that. There was uh, one lady had written us an email and had asked for more information about one of our guests. 
uh, on uh, an episode. We got back to her with the information she needed, and she went on to also tell us how much she enjoys listening to the podcast and how much she gets from it. But the person who we put her in contact with had a whole bunch of resources that uh, she was eager to have a look at to, to get some help. Uh, on some things. So it made us feel really good. And we had another person who had listened and he listened uh, a few times and was doing some audio engineering um, classwork and um, actually ended up coming to the uh, cookout that I mentioned last week, uh, the Keystone Chapter September meeting and cookout. And so I got to meet Chris and, and we talked for a little bit uh, about that. And, uh, he happened to go to Florida state, which <laughs> me from going to Miami and him from Florida state, kind of one of those rivalries. Uh, and Brian and I have talked about that because Brian Fischler, who is the commissioner of the all blind league, uh, went to the university of Florida. And, uh, as the saying went, we were all gator haters down in Miami. I'm sorry, Dan. I, I know Matthew went there as well, but then something else came up with, wondering how somebody heard about something. And Lisa and I were talking probably a few days after we had talked about this other person uh, with the White Canes Connect episode, and we were talking, and she was saying to me, I don't know how this person found out about that, and, uh, and I'm racking my brain. Who could I have told that to that they would know that? And I, do, I did remember saying it, and then I realized, and it put a big smile on my face because I realized I told you. So one of my listeners happened to be somebody that, <laughs> that found out some information that, again, um, <laughs> it wasn't bad, but it kind of rubbed somebody the wrong way with what I said. And it was from a few episodes ago. It wasn't, it wasn't last week's episode. It was a, from a few episodes ago. But it really made me smile that somebody, whether it was this person or she heard it secondhand from somebody else that listens, and it really made me feel good. I'm not going to lie. It made me feel good that people listen and it affects people, sometimes in a good way, like the two from White Canes Connect, and some in a not so good way, although I didn't say anything wrong and... It was when I talked about some issues with some things and maybe starting a 501c3. And please remember, I say a lot of things on here and most things I will probably not follow through with because it's things that pop into my head as I'm speaking to you. And I'm just thinking out loud. And could it happen in the future that I, I do some sort of 501c3 to help blind folks? Absolutely. That's one of the things that I love doing. I love making something happen for someone who is blind, who may not get help from somebody that should be already be helping them, like the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services, or uh, an organization like that, or a company that won't make an accommodation uh, for someone to work there because it's too expensive. They can't say that. They will find another reason not to bring that person on board. And so if I can help someone where one of those organizations that should be helping them, if I can help somebody, I am so happy to do it. And again, I'm not, <laughs> it, it may happen one day. It may not happen. And um, we'll see. We'll just see what happens. You know, it's again, I'm just thinking out loud a lot of times when I'm uh, recording these episodes. As I've told you before, I just go by an outline 
There is an outline that I go over a few times before I hit record. Sometimes I will not pause. I will leave it recording and then flip over to that outline and then listen to it again to make sure I'm hitting everything that I want to tell you for that episode. And sometimes it's when I say one of those things, it triggers a thought or a memory or whatever. So again, it's just nice to know that people are listening. I know I can see how many people have downloaded an episode each week. That doesn't mean people listen. You don't have to listen. If you could tell all your friends to just download it each week, they don't have to listen and set their, uh, their podcast player of choice to just download one so you're not stacking them up and taking up all the space on your phone like I used to when I would forget to do that. Uh, that would be great. I'd appreciate that. Uh, they don't have to listen. Uh, it just will help in the future if I want to monetize it in any other way other than giving time away for things like Believe You Can or some other Keystone Chapter thing or some other blind thing. Like my friend Esther, who is going for Miss Blind Diva in the Miss Blind Diva Empowerment pageant, she is now third. I'm going to put a link in the show notes that will take you to her YouTube channel. Please like that video because each like is a vote for her. Play it. If you don't want to, you don't have to listen to Esther's entire video. It's only a a minute or two long. It's not very long. So you can listen if you want, but I'd appreciate it. I will put the link in the show notes so that you can go and vote for Esther and hopefully get her to win, which would be great. And she would be very excited. And as I mentioned a few episodes ago, she has the greatest laugh in the world. So if you ever meet her, tell her something funny to hear that laugh. And it doesn't have to be crazy funny. She will laugh at a lot of things. (laughs) Now, the main couple of things that I wanted to talk about today was the fact that I got out of the house twice last week, twice for social events, which is just unheard of for me. And we had a call last night for a focus group. What brings you joy was one of the questions. And when I thought about it, since the pandemic started and I stopped doing a lot of things, Uh, One of the things that really suffered was me getting together with friends. And again, it was never like we were going out every weekend or anything like that. Whenever we could get together with friends, it always made me happy. It, It didn't mean that we were going to this crazy nice restaurant. We would go to, like I mentioned last week, the pizza place that we would go to when we were, when we were kids in high school called Pinocchio's in media. It's just a lot of fun going there doesn't matter how much it costs. It's not expensive. It didn't matter. Um, if we, if there was something cool to go to where, um, some, some new restaurant opened and everybody was raving about it and somebody said, Hey, we can get reservations. Uh, let's go. I sure I would go. Uh, but it is just as much fun for me to go to Pinocchio's as it is to do something like that. Again, as long as I get together with friends, it's great. And it doesn't matter what it is as long as we can be together. So last weekend, Friday and Saturday night, how do you like them apples? Both on a weekend. Friday and Saturday night, we went out. Let me rewind before we even get to the weekend. At the beginning of the week, usually on Saturday night, we figure out what we're going to do for dinners each week. We look at Jacob's schedule to see when he's working at night or if he's got plans. And we will usually have something that he doesn't like on nights that he works or nights that he's going to be out. He does some things with friends on Monday night. He sometimes goes out other nights. And like I said, some nights he's working until 8 or 8.30. 
So we plan our meals around that and what we haven't had in a while. And sometimes when we plan, we will know that something's coming up on the weekend. When we were planning for last week, we found out that there were going to be food trucks in Swarthmore. Not just a couple, there were probably around 10 or 15 of them, which was awesome. So we did that on Friday night and we kind of were able to look at some of the menus before we got there. (laughs) And one thing, one thing stood out to Liz and I, there were multiple food trucks making some sort of food balls. (laughs) And I don't know what it is with food balls, whether it was meatballs or it was things like an arancini type of thing or mac and cheese balls that are fried or uh, an arancini is the cheese and rice and sometimes other things in there. Uh, Well, that's that's what I ended up having from uh, a Sicilian food truck. Uh, They were um, uh, arancini. They were huge. They were they were much bigger. If I had to do it all over again, I probably would have skipped them because I just ended up eating too much on Friday night because I got those. I got two of those and Liz Liz didn't want to eat either of those. Um, And then we got then after looking around, we decided on a thing called the meat wagon. Uh, which was really good. It was uh, barbecue stuff. It was, uh, I ended up having uh, ribs. I had six ribs, although I only ate three because of the uh, previously mentioned, <laughs> I forget what they were called, prosciutto balls, let's call them, because it had it had prosciutto and, and the cheese and the, and the rice. I also got mac and cheese from this place. So the mac and cheese and the ribs would have been fine. And the ribs were really good. I was really happy I got those. Liz got a pulled pork sandwich, which was also pretty good. I had some of that. And again, we get pulled pork out a lot. But to this point, I've never had one that was as good as the one that she does when she does pulled pork. Uh, it is so awesome. And um, and this was good. I mean, I would get it again if, if Liz wasn't going to make it anytime soon, because I did have a taste. Jacob got a barbecue brisket, which I had a little taste of. I am not... <laughs> I am not big into brisket, and it stems from when I was a kid, and of course, being Jewish during the high holidays, which is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, Rosh Hashanah happens to be coming up in a couple of days here, we would go to my aunt's house, and that was something we always had, and I just never liked it. I don't know why. My parents loved it. Everybody else loved it. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan. I'd eat one or two small pieces so I could qualify for saying that I ate some, and that was that. I was a very picky eater as a kid. I am not as picky now. In fact, I don't think I'm picky at all now. I will try just about anything now uh, to the point where if we go out to a restaurant and they are known for something, for example, when I'm in Pittsburgh in a couple of months and I go to Primanti Brothers, even though I am not big on coleslaw, all their sandwiches come with their kind of coleslaw on them. I'm going to get it that way the first time I have it because I want to eat it the way it's supposed to be and the way they said it's the best. If I don't like it 100%, I can take the coleslaw off or the next time I go, I won't get it. I'm looking forward to, to checking out from Auntie Brothers in Pittsburgh. Back to the food trucks, it was so nice to see how many people were out and about that night in Swarthmore and we got there fairly early. It was dinner time when we were there and it was getting busy and as we were leaving people were still streaming in. They had closed off the downtown area of Swarthmore which <laughs> it, it sounds like it's a big thing. It's not very big. Swarthmore has a where their business district is. It almost has like a 
like a town square type of feel, even though there's roads that run through it, there's a triangle section where there's the library on one side and stores on the other two sides. And it makes for a really nice area. The The library has a big parking lot. And when they do a farmer's market, that's where the farmer's market is each Saturday morning uh, during the season. And for the food trucks, some were in there. But again, there were so many food trucks. There were some in there and then some along all the roads that were in that downtown area. And like I said, it was roped off to cars and trucks other than the food trucks that were there. Uh, so it was really nice. It was, it was a nice time. The one mistake we made, uh, we brought it back home and food truck places don't usually have lids. So I was fearful of dropping something along the way. Oh, one other thing I had, there was, there was a, uh, a corn truck there. It was called Lee Ping corn. I made fun of it as I was eating it because we always try to get corn at the cheapest price we can. And over the holiday weekend, a few weeks ago, uh, Liz got it from Giant for, I want to say it was 20 or 25 cents an ear. The corn that was prepared by Leaping Corn was $3. And again, it was good. I don't know what kind of spices they had on it. Uh, it was good, but, um, Every time I took a bite, I'm thinking, this is $3. I know I had corn in the fridge at home (laughs) that I could have put in the oven, put on the grill, whatever, steamed it in the steamer, and it would have cost 20 or 25 cents. Probably not as good, but close enough. As we were standing there waiting for our meat wagon order, I was trying to finish... First, when I stood in, we stood in the line, I ate the, the brujudo arancini. I was so full after that, but I thought, you know, I better eat this corn too, because I need, I'm going to need, I had my white cane on me, of course, and I'm going to need a hand to carry something because we had three orders plus two sides, the mac and cheese, and Jacob also got baked beans. So we needed four hands, sorry, three hands, and, and one of my hands was had the cane and one of them was going to carry the corn. So I thought, well, while we're waiting, I'll eat the corn and get rid of that. So I'd have a free hand. And fortunately it all worked out, but it was so nice to be out and about with people. And again, now that I guess we're a week out because I'm recording this on Thursday, not that we've shown any signs of COVID, but because we were eating stuff, obviously we didn't have masks on, but we did bring it home the other stuff we brought home so we could get home. And we ate actually for the first time we ate outside on our uh, outdoor table that we <laughs> that we got sometime back in June for the first time. Uh, I've been out there a few times to eat things, and maybe Liz has. I don't know. Uh, I also sit out there sometimes when I'm out there with Ziggy if he doesn't want to come right back in. But uh, as I've mentioned before, he he does not like the hot weather, so in the summer he doesn't stay out there long. He does his business and and comes on back in. But we got to eat outside, and Ziggy was there investigating, trying to trying to nose his way into certain things, and and he didn't get any. So. All that worked out. So on Saturday night, we also got out. Now, I don't remember how it all went down, but Alex had called me and told me his son had a game and it was somewhere near us. It wasn't far. And I said, oh, that'd be cool to go. And he got me the information and I knew exactly where we were going for the most part. Uh, It's a place called Maple Zone, which is on 322 uh, roughly about eight or so miles from here. Uh, very easy to get to, like I said. Well, they also have, and I didn't know this until he sent me the directions or sent me the address. They also have outdoor fields. And uh, Jane had done some indoor practice. It's a 
giant facility, one of those places that you go in the winter because we don't live in Florida or Arizona or California. You go in the winter when Jane was playing softball, they have batting cages. When we would go to visit my folks, Jane would sometimes stop and she'd get in the batting cages for a little bit uh, over the uh, over the winter to just keep her swing down. Uh, and I have to tell you, after watching Aiden's game, I I really miss going to Jane's games. A lot of fun. And it's just something that it's quite a while time ago. It's, uh, you know, she's been out of college three years and, and she didn't play in college either. So it's it's been uh, it's been about seven years since she played. So we went to the game. Now, one thing when I guess it was Friday night or Thursday night, we found out we were going to be going. I said to Liz, I said, you know, it'd be nice to take him some snickerdoodle party cookies, which I put in the show notes for last week's episode. And if you haven't seen them, I did update them. So it has the weight uh, on the big ingredients instead of the having to use a cup or half cup of this or whatever. You go by how many grams of each thing. And the cookies are just so good. So I said, I said, you know, it'd be nice to take them some cookies. And she quickly checked and she said, I have all the ingredients. I I can make them. So she made him some cookies, made Alex some cookies. (laughs) And, um, and Jacob, Liz and I each got a cookie as well. So she used a little bit smaller scoop. If you listened last week, I told you that the scoop she used for the cookout was a different scoop. And we only got 15 to 18 cookies. This time she got 24 cookies. So we took Alex 21 cookies. Cause like I said, we took one out for each. Ziggy did not get to any of these, however, which was good. And <laughs> It was funny, as I was trying mine, I took a bite and he was right up in my face as I was chewing and I just breathed on him and he just started licking his lips and licking my mustache and beard and he, you could tell he was ready, he wanted some. And of course, we didn't want him eating any because we don't know that everything in there is okay for him. For the most part, it is and he never got sick from, from eating the ones before the cookout. But again, you know, we're pretty careful with what we give him and uh, with things that he eats that... Uh, that he shouldn't eat. And and it goes back to when we had Zamboni, uh, the dog we had uh, when our kids were little. Uh, I would give Zamboni grapes all the time. Well, it turns out grapes are terrible for dogs. Just like Ziggy, he ate just about everything. So I'm not sure that it was from us or who knows what else uh, could have uh, done him in. Uh, but we're careful with that. And again, when Ziggy is out and about on a walk, sometimes he eats things before Liz even sees what it is that he's eaten. <laughs> so he's just like that. But we got the cookies, she put them in the box, we got them to Alex when we went to the game, and it was so awesome being at the game. Now, I have to admit, I was in shorts and a t-shirt by the time the last inning got there, I was getting a little chilly. It was a little chilly out last, um, last Saturday night when we were there, but the facilities were nice, and it was under the lights, which for folks my age, no one in this area played baseball other than maybe at a high school level under any kind of lights uh, back when we were kids, back when we were of that age. Uh, Now, a lot of places have lights, including this facility, and everything was so nice. The facilities were so nice. And so we're watching the game. And at one point, I hear the ball hit the dirt and then hit into the catcher's glove. And that's how I knew it bounced. I didn't know that it hit the dirt. I knew it hit something because I heard a sound and then another sound. The second sound I could tell was it going into the webbing of a glove. You know, there's only a couple of sounds a ball makes when it hits a glove. It either makes that pop sound when, you, when you're when you throwing some heat or 
if you're not catching it in, in the main part of the catcher's mitt, you catch it in the webbing, makes that other sound. What well, made that other sound after it made a sound that I wasn't familiar with. So I just assumed it hit the dirt. And I said, oh, that one hit the dirt. And Alex said, how did you know that? And then Stephanie said, Alex's wife said, well, it's not really dirt. I said, what do you mean it's not dirt? I said, there's no dirt on the field. It's all grass. And she said, no, it's all turf. The whole field is turf, including the base paths. But they told me the turf, where the base paths are, is, is brown. So it looks like it's a regular field, but it's turf. Uh, and <laughs> there was one point where a kid got hit by a ball, and I, I made a comment <laughs> to anybody listening. Um, at that point, first base was open. Uh, I don't remember if there was one or two outs, but uh, I don't remember what the count was, 1-0, 2-0. I said, well, you're going to walk them, you know, better off to, you know, let them have something like that. And <laughs> Well, later on in the inning, another kid hits a ball, and this kid, I don't remember if he was uh, trying to go from first to third. I don't remember what the situation was, but he was going from second to third, and he does a head-first slide into third, and I, and I said to everyone. I said, it sounds like he's got rug burns on his arms now too, to go along with wherever the ball hit him. Um, because it did sound funny when he slid. It's, you know, you don't get, again, when you slide in dirt, it's a little bit different than when you slide on, uh, go try it. Just take a long run in your living room if you have rug in there and then dive head first, see what happens. I did do that in the past, not, not as an adult, but, um, you know, of course you get rug burns with stuff like that. And, but it was a lot of fun being there. And in a couple of minutes, I'll play some clips that I got while at the game. And I know Alex is probably cringing because Alex told us a funny story while at one point while I was recording and I told him I wouldn't use it. And don't worry, Alex, I am not using that exact part of the clip. Um, and you couldn't hear the whole thing if you want to know the truth. Only the, only the parts where you said, oh, don't play that on the podcast. <laughs> so I did get a couple of good things. And it was so nice to be out because, again, it was a nice night. Again, a little bit chilly. But it was nice to be out. It was nice to be with Alex and Stephanie and watching a game. And it's very different for me to watch and pay attention to a game. On one hand, I don't get to see Alex very often. So it's nice to talk. But when I concentrate on talking about something, I don't know what's going on because I can't hear what's happening as, as the game. Maybe I hear the ball hit the glove of the catcher or you hear the ball hit the bat. At one point, there was a play that I could tell was going to the shortstop because this guy was calling for the ball. People three miles away heard him calling for the ball. And where he was, I said, there was a guy on first, and I think it was the shortstop for the other team. Where he was was close to the outfield line, but again, still would have been infield fly rule if they were playing that way. And nobody could tell me if that this tournament was using the infield fly rule. Uh, in any event, the kid caught the ball, so it didn't matter. But it was just interesting listening, and it had been a while from sitting at a game and actually paying decent attention to it. I We had been to one of his son's games. His son's name is Aiden. Um, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago at a not-as-nice field somewhere. I, I don't even remember where it was. And it was nice to see them then as well. But again, they're trying to pay attention. The other cool thing with what was going on, uh, at one point we lost track of what the count was. And Stephanie said, wait, let me look. And she opened her phone, and, and there was an app that was basically keeping track of what was going on in the game. So I thought that was very cool as well. 
And that is something that certainly (laughs) didn't exist when uh, we were following sports. And even when Jane was doing it, uh, there wasn't the updates like that. Maybe by now they do that for the for the high school sports. Jane played in a league called the Friends League. Uh, there were 10 teams from the Philadelphia area, and they were all, uh, her school was Friends Central. They, West Town was in there, and uh, Friends Select, which is the one she blew out her ankle against in ninth grade. Uh, that still still causes her pain, and I'm not laughing at that, but still makes her sad that she can't really wear the heels. And it was a lot of fun uh, watching Jane play. It was a lot of fun getting together with Alex and Stephanie while watching Aiden's game. And like I said, I do have coming up and just listening a couple of clips. One is a ball getting hit. One is... Um, a couple of crowd reactions. And there was one guy who was rooting for the other team that it just had this crazy voice. You'll hear that. And then you'll hear the final out of the game. And the game came down. Scores went went back and forth. Game went back and forth. When we got there, it was three to one. The other team was winning. It was the bottom of the first. Aiden's team took the lead in the bottom of the first. and And then it went back and forth. And at one point they were leading 6-5 and then the other team went ahead 7-6 and we knew this inning was going to be the the last inning and Aiden's team was considered the home team. So his team came up, they were down 7-6 and they got some guys on and they had the, at one point they had two guys on and I don't remember exactly what happened. I paid attention, but I wasn't keeping score score or anything. But at one point, the winning run was at the plate. And um, the first day, I think they got a guy on, they sacrificed him to second. So that's good. You've got the tying run at second. The tying run finally got to third with one out. And so it looked pretty good that they were going to at least tie the game. They just needed a base hit or or a fly ball to the outfield. And uh, they did not get it. I think one of the guys, I don't remember if he got walked, got hit. And that was a funny thing, too. A couple of guys on both teams got hit at points in the game. (laughs) When kids from Aiden's team got hit, the whole team cheered like it was something they all wanted to happen. (laughs) And it was kind of funny. They're at the last, the, the bottom of the last inning, and I think it was the fifth inning. Uh, the bottom of the fifth or bottom of the sixth, whatever it was, the team, Aiden's team got so vocal, it was awesome. And it was funny because as I was listening earlier to the different clips that I recorded earlier in the game, you could hear chatter among the uh, parents in the stands. You could hear the planes flying overhead at one point for about an hour it seemed like there was a plane flying by every four or five minutes. It kind of reminded me if you've ever watched, and I don't think it's this way at City Field, but if you ever watched a game when the Mets were playing at Shea and the planes were constantly going by, it was kind of like that. And again, I haven't watched a, a Mets-Phillies game in a while, so I don't know if it's still the case at City Field, if you still hear the planes going by every five seconds. As the game went on, and now in the bottom of the last inning, it got very exciting, and the kids are all buckling down, and it was just very exciting. And the uh, the clip of that, the last part of the uh, Just Listen, is I believe you hear ball two, so the count is two and two, and then you hear the third strike. It doesn't pop in the catcher's glove, but you hear it hit the webbing, and you hear the folks around me saying, oh, so 
I don't know if he swung. I don't remember. I don't know if he swung or if he was caught looking, but he struck out. And then you hear the other team and the supporters of the other team uh, cheer. But it was very exciting. It was great to be out there with Alex and Stephanie, again, because we don't get to see them very often. So it's always a treat and a pleasure when we do. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then... <laughs> Not, not that it was gourmet food on the way home, but we actually got Chick-fil-A on the way home. And because it was nine o'clock at night, it wasn't very busy at the drive-thru. So it was bing, bang, boom. And we got to try their new autumn milkshake, which was good. But I wouldn't go back just for that. If we were there getting something, maybe I would get it. But there are other things that I'd waste my calories on. One more time to set up, just listen. Some things happening during the baseball game. Aiden's team, you hear a hit, you hear some weird guy cheering (laughs) and then you hear the last couple of pitches and the end of the game so here is this week's just listen short things before I let you go. Episode 46 of White Canes Connect will be out in the next couple of days. In it, Lisa and I talked to our friend and Keystone Chapter President, Harriet Goh, not about the Keystone Chapter primarily. We primarily talk about her job as a teacher in the Philadelphia School District. Now, she's blind. Her kids are not. She does teach special ed, but none of them are visually impaired or blind. And it was a very interesting conversation, um, some of the things that we talked about. And I, I may have touched on it a couple of weeks ago when we actually did the interview with her. The feeling of parents, because as I've told you on many different occasions, people see a blind person and they say, oh, how can they do this or how can they do that? It gives me stories to tell you each week for the most part. And so we talked to her about that. We talked to her about how her kids treated her or treat her and all the things that she has to do just to teach like a sighted person. And it involves a lot of schoolwork outside of school time. And I know a lot of teachers do things outside of school, but Harriet has to if she wants to have the knowledge of what she's handing to a kid as far as a book goes. She has braille labels on things. She has to do that. The school district doesn't do that for her. She doesn't get paid to do that. She doesn't get money reimbursed to her for shelling out the money and time that she does for braille books or the braille labeling things uh, so that she can label 
other things within the classroom so she knows what's there. And it was a great conversation with her. And it's just amazing what some folks go through just to keep pace with someone who is cited to do the same job and how committed they have to be to both the school, the school district, and of course, the kids in the class. Uh, So that's going to be episode 46 of White Canes Connect. That'll be out in a couple of days, Sunday or Monday. Uh, And I'm recording this on Thursday, getting ready to watch Thursday Night Football. So keep a watch for that. And I'll I'll tell you one more quick story. And it's a Ziggy story. That's why I wanted to tell it. I'm playing with him a couple days ago on the floor, which we usually do. And he's kind of funny. He will sometimes not chew his bone unless I go down there and lay on the floor near him. And then he comes and lays right next to me and starts chewing the bone. Sometimes to the point where he will bring the bone over and rest it on my legs, which I'm always fearful for. Because if he misses the bone and it rolls off my leg, he's going to get bone, but it's going to be part of my body. And I don't really want him chewing on that. And, and just so you know, the bone is not really a bone. It's this big chunk of wood that they sell... <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Gorilla bones. I, I don't, gorilla something, but he loves them. It's, it's like a giant wood chip. I mean, a giant wood chip, the size of a, uh, a softball. When, once he starts gnawing on it, it's a little bigger before that he's chewing on that. And then we play around sometimes tug of war, or play with a ball or whatever. So at one point we're wrestling and he's got, um, my fist is like, he's chewing on my fist and he's on his back and he's chewing and he's happy. Well, at some point I must've rolled onto my left side. My keys are in my left pocket. And besides a key fob for the car, I have a key fob for our home security system on there. I don't remember because it's so infrequent that I leave and I'm the one to turn the alarm off or on, whether it's the panic button or the away button or the off button. I don't remember where they are. I don't have a, um, a dot to mark it. I don't remember. I know at the opposite end of the key ring, I believe is the disarm. I'm not 100% sure. So Ziggy and I are wrestling and he's chewing on my hand and all of a sudden the alarm goes off and it freaked him out. And I'm like, oh no. And I asked Liz, who's downstairs in the laundry room. I don't remember if she's putting wash in, taking wash out, whatever. I said, what did you do? What did you do down there? She's like, I didn't do anything. I'm doing the wash. (laughs) And so the next thing I realized, I'm like, oh, I think it was me. And I said, I don't know how to shut it off. I can't see the keypad at all. That's why I have the key fob. But I don't, because I don't use it often, I don't know which button to push. And so finally, Liz goes over to the keypad that's in the the basement, uh, by the basement door, and shuts it off. And then we start waiting. And we're waiting. And I said, I wonder if it was a panic button that went off or if it was, if I set the alarm, we didn't hear it and it, and it went off from that. We probably waited five to 10 minutes before the alarm company called. And they said, you hit the panic button, the police are on their way. I'm like, oh, I was hoping you'd tell me I just armed it. And that was that. And now I could give you my past word, which I wasn't 100% sure that I remembered. And uh, we'd be done. He said, no, I've dispatched the police. I gave them all the information, which is the, <laughs> the name that we have is a funny name uh, for our uh, password. And he asked how it's spelled. And I had to spell it for him three times because it's, it's slang in a foreign language. He finally says, OK, that's it. Let me call and talk to the dispatcher to see if I can get them to not show up. And I'm worried um, that, 
you know, the police are going to get here and something crazy is going to happen. But that wasn't the case. He said to me they were able to stop them from coming. So hopefully we don't get hit with there's usually fines when you set your alarm off. We've never done it here. So we don't know if you get grace period of one or it happens right from the beginning. But as we were waiting for the alarm company to call, I said to Liz, as we're sitting there in the living room, I said, we'd already be dead if this were something actual that happened. And Ziggy's still looking around, wondering what's going on. And he was a little charged up at this point and a little spooked. But finally, when they called and when everything got settled, it was probably 15 or 20 minutes after we set the alarm off. So um, not only would we be dead, we'd be hacked up and put into a suitcase and these people would be going somewhere with our body in their bags. <laughs> and it just made us think back when we had the video store, we had a customer, his name was John Lewis. His customer number was LEW021-1062, who was a gun dealer. And every time he came in, he would tell us, he said, you can have an alarm system, but the alarm system doesn't go to the police. It goes to a dispatch center that then calls the police to send somebody to help you. By the time all that happens, you're either going to be dead or everything in your house is going to be gone and it doesn't matter. And, and it really hit home that, that <laughs> that's exactly what was happening uh, after this all went down. So it was kind of funny and it made us think of this guy, not that I would ever have a gun. If you've ever seen the movie, My Cousin Vinny, in the scene where they're in that, um, that little shed in the woods and that owl is making that noise and Vinny comes to the door and just starts shooting wildly into the <laughs> outside after he opens the door, hoping to hit whatever's making that noise. That's how it would be if I had a gun. And unlike Vinny, I would hit something I didn't want to hit. And that's why I will never own a gun. I, whether you're for guns or against them, I will not own one. Maybe I'll own one, but I will never touch it. Liz will have to use it because I, I, nothing good can end up from me having a gun. Nothing. So it just made me think of uh, John Lewis, the, the gun dealer. That was a pretty good renter, by the way. And it also made me think of my cousin Vinny. So that is all I have for you this week for episode 198. I really do appreciate you listening I'd love to hear what you think about this episode, previous episodes, things you want me to cover in the future and talk about. Please reach out. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Anything you've got to say, please shoot it over in an email if you don't want to give me a call. And I'd really love for you to call because it's something that then I could play on a podcast episode in your own voice and people will know that I'm not making it up. <laughs> And you can call 646-926-6350. You have up to three minutes. Please leave your name and your town where you're calling from. Tell me what you've got to say, whether it's feedback on this episode, another episode, life in general, things you'd like to see. And believe me, I'd like to see anything. <laughs> anything you've got, questions, comments, whatever, please reach out. 646 926 6350. I really look forward to hearing from you. And as usual, show notes are available at the website, I can't see you.com slash 198. Again, I can't see you.com slash 198. Remember, I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence. It's only seven characters long. I C A N T C U.com slash 198. Thanks again for listening. Again, I do appreciate it. Be well, stay safe. And I'll talk to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.